My name is Christy Sincata, and this is My Life, Wildlife. So as the coastal program biologist here in Anchorage, Alaska, I administer the coastal program, which is a national program for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. It's a voluntary partnership-based program, and um, we work really closely with partners and deliver both technical and financial assistance with a focus on conserving coastal habitats. Pacific salmon species are the big focus for our program. Um, And that's for a lot of different reasons. You know, salmon is a huge driver of the economy and salmon are linked to so many ecosystem benefits. You know, salmon utilize so many different habitats. They're in both freshwater and terrestrial ecosystems. And so there's a lot of other species that are connected to salmon. So when when we're supporting salmon habitat, we're really supporting a lot of other wildlife as well. I work really closely with land trusts throughout the state to protect salmon habitat in perpetuity. And we also work closely with a lot of different landowners statewide. So that includes Alaska Native groups, nonprofits, um, corporations, just uh, yeah, a wide variety of, of groups. It's a voluntary program, so that means it's all people that, that want to do work to protect salmon habitat and coastal ecosystems going into conservation biology, that happened for me because my parents also really raised me to have a strong sense that it's all of our responsibility to make the world a better place. I grew up in Rhode Island. I just wanted to be outdoors all the time. I just loved exploring, loved, you know, catching salamanders and toads and bugs and bringing them home. And I remember like my first experience of learning about how cool nature was. So um, when I was a a little kid, I remember sitting outside with my dad and looking up and seeing, you know, dragonflies flying around in my backyard and then seeing swallows flying. And um, my dad explaining to me that, watch what they're doing. You see the dragonflies are swooping down and they're, they're eating mosquitoes. And the swallows are swooping down and eating the dragonflies. And it was just, that moment of wonder and just how cool it was that all these things were connected that i just sat out there and watched that like every night that summer even though i was getting eaten by the mosquitoes at the same time so i was part of that cycle myself but i just fell in love with that feeling of wonder and that's what i get to experience every day as a biologist i tried out a lot of different jobs i moved all around the country uh, do it mostly working with um, conservation nonprofits. Yeah, after grad school, I moved out to Southern California. I worked for uh, Audubon, California, and lived on a sanctuary there. And then after that, I, I moved over to Southern Georgia, where I worked in the longleaf pine ecosystems. And, you know, that's just a beautiful place. There's gopher tortoises marching around when you're working outside. And we were measuring trees every day. And that is how I met my husband. We spent every day measuring trees together. And that's a great way to get to know somebody. I also um, yeah, accidentally cut his hand with a bark scribe when we were working. So I guess I made my mark on him. <laughs> After working in Georgia, uh, we ended up moving together up to Washington State. He went out and ended up doing some research in Kruger National Park in South Africa. And I I stayed in Washington for a little while. I took a little break from biology and spent a summer working on a goat dairy farm, which was amazing. 
Um, I learned so much. Like I got to not just, you know, taking care of goats and milking goats every day, but learned how to make cheese and um, ride horses and buck hay and, and do lots of cool things. And even though that, you know, wasn't directly in the biology conservation field, it ended up pretty directly leading me to where I am today, I think, because one of the owners of that farm was on the board of directors of our local conservation district. And so I learned about conservation districts, um, which are these, you know, nonprofit organizations around the state that do voluntary landowner-based conservation and uh, ended up getting a job at that conservation district working with farmers and ranchers and orchardists to help them achieve their conservation goals. Then my next stop was Alaska after that. So (laughs) we finally got to Alaska. I looked around and saw that there was this um, organization called the Tionic Tribal Conservation District that was looking to hire their first employee. And they were based in Anchorage. It was a six-month position, and I ended up spending nine years with that organization. (laughs) My first memory of Alaska was driving up here. Uh, I was driving on my own, but also with a dog and a rabbit (laughs) in my car. (laughs) Once I got into Alaska, I mean, just the breathtaking beauty. It's just, I I just started feeling so excited. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to live here. I'm going to get to work here. And, um, you know, I think on that drive, I saw more bears than people, like than other cars. And that was really cool too. You know, when I I came up to Alaska, there was so much that I didn't know. I didn't know about, you know, a lot about subsistence, about Alaska Native organizations and tribes and the issues that they deal with. And so uh, the the folks in the community of Tionic were super patient with me and taught me so much about tribally-led conservation. You know, although tribes are the first stewards of the lands in, you know, in Alaska and in our country, and have this long history of successful stewardship, they often are kept out of the decision-making that directly impacts their lands and their resources. And I feel really thankful that I got to be part of an organization and help to build an organization that really was based on tribal priorities and including tribal involvement in um, finding conservation solutions. You know, a big focus in our district was supporting healthy salmon habitats and healthy salmon populations. And so the Fish and Wildlife Service was somebody, uh, you know, a group that I learned about and became an amazing partner to our small nonprofit organization. The first grant that we received was actually through the Fish and Wildlife Service and was a coastal program grant. So that was, you know, 10 years ago. And I really feel like I've come full circle to now get to administer this great program that I know can make a huge difference for small organizations. So like our our coastal program grant for Tionic Tribal Conservation District, it helped support our staff time to prioritize our conservation issues and line out important projects that were gonna make a difference to address conservation issues that were important to the people in our district. So um, it allowed us to really talk with the folks in Tionic and learn about, you know, what are the top priorities here? What do you want to achieve? And with Fish and Wildlife Service support, we outlined a lot of fish passage projects. You know, there were many culverts in the area that had been installed, like, you know, in the 60s during like timber exploration and things like that, and just were built in a way that fish couldn't pass through them. Fish couldn't get up to their upstream habitat. 
And so that that habitat connectivity and how important it is for salmon is something that I, I really learned at Tionic Tribal Conservation District, but also something that the Fish and Wildlife Service really supported us with. And so when this position opened up, you know, it, it felt like an opportunity to have a bigger reach and to work with a lot of nonprofit organizations across the state of Alaska. And, um, you know, also being in the position of being able to help, being able to provide that support. We can focus on using science, using, you know, relationships with great partners to figure out, okay, what's the priority habitat that we need to protect? And then figuring out where are the areas that we need to do restoration work so that we can make a real difference. Something we've been supporting recently through the coastal program is identifying cold water refugia. So that means that, you know, our, with climate change, our uh, stream temperatures are rising. And in some areas, those temperatures can get so high that they don't support salmon anymore. But there are areas that are, that are cold, and we call them cold water refugia, where the, the, the water is cooler. And so if we can identify those areas and make sure that salmon can access that habitat, that there aren't you know, fish passage barriers, that there's, there's enough habitat and enough habitat connectivity, that even though certain areas of the streams are warming, salmon are still able to get to places they need to go and still able to reproduce and, and support more salmon, then we can make a difference. In Alaska, we are experiencing climate change at a, a faster rate and in a more dramatic way than the lower 48. You know, temperatures are rising more quickly here. So for example, in Southeast Alaska, there's a phenomenon going on called glacial rebound. As a glacier is receding, the land is rising. Uh, this isn't a perfect analogy, but when you get up from your couch and you see the cushions start to rise a bit, that's really what's happening to the lands here. So you have these uh, areas in Juneau and, and other parts of Southeast Alaska where the land is rising relatively quickly. And that affects land ownership because it's so flat that when it rises like an inch or two, you might get another, you know, several hundred feet added to your property. And so the, the land trust there is working closely with partners and with the local state refuge to protect these lands as they are forming because these are important coastal uh, habitats. You know, we also are a landscape that is home to native peoples that have you know been here for thousands of years and have experienced climactic changes in the past and have experience with how to deal with that and how to be resilient. So. I think all of us working together in this state of Alaska to figure out how best to deal with the challenges of climate change, those are lessons that can be applied you know, nationwide. In conservation biology, what you really learn is that everything, everything's connected. So I think, you know, everybody can find a way to get involved in conservation in their communities. There are ways to get out and be a volunteer stream watcher, like go out and check on the health of the streams in your community. There are opportunities to engage in you know, invasive plant weed pulls in your communities and get together with other people and help get those invasive species out. You can be aware of the salmon habitat in your area. So if you're a landowner that lives along a, a salmon bearing stream, you don't clear cut the, the trees that are along those streams because that shade is really important for the salmon. Or um, there are 
culverts that are barriers to fish in your area. You're letting people know so that, that something can be done to fix that. You can manage your property in a way that takes into account caring for salmon, because that's, I think, important for... I think everybody in Alaska really does love salmon. We love to eat them. They're, you know, they're very delicious fish. So there are a lot of benefits to to protecting them, even if you're not necessarily a conservationist. In the coastal program, one of the strengths of it is working with partners to protect and conserve habitat in perpetuity for the long term and for future generations. You know, I, I want my kids to get to experience these beautiful wild places. I want them to get to, you know, catch a salmon. I want them to get to um, get out and have some of the same experiences that I got to have as a kid in nature. And so, yeah, doing the protection work, doing the restoration work, uh, for me, it, it really ties closely to them. There's this quote about Alaska that it's the last place on earth to get it right the first time. And I feel like I get to be a part of that with the coastal program. This has been My Life Wildlife, a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. Producers Lisa Hupp and Chris Pacheco. Produced and story edited by David Hoffman for Citizen Race Car, audio editing, sound design, and original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Artwork by Michelle Lawson. In Alaska, the employees of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are shared stewards of world-renowned natural resources and our nation's last true wild places. The lands and waters of this place we call home nourish a vast and unique array of fish, wildlife, and people. Our hope is that each generation has the opportunity to live with, live from, discover, and enjoy the wildness of this awe-inspiring land and the people who love and depend on it. <laughs>